and welcome to the Ordinary People's Theatre. I'm your host, Emma Sheehan. Sit back and relax with my short stories, mini soaps and the odd classic tale and something mysterious thrown in for good measure, all with a dark comic twist. I upload here on the first Monday of the month. If you want to find out more about me, you can go to my website, emmasheehan.co.uk or find me on Instagram at emmasheehanlondon or Twitter at The Real M. And if you want to hear more episodes or find out more about the show, I'm on ordinarypeoplestheatre.buzzsprout.com. Enjoy the show. Brenna Lee Bloom kicked off her pink fluffy mules, tucked her legs underneath her on her peacock blue sofa and clicked on a small voice recorder with her perfect baby pink fingernail. Bonjour de moi, my beloved readers. I come to you as always with a full heart of love and appreciation for you, beloved readers of my blog. Your girl, Brenna Lee, is but a will-o'-the-wisp without your devotion. What a lovely, rose-tinted week I've had working on my next book for you. And, as always, here is a tiny, love-filled morsel for you. And you only. Brad, his large, square jaw bristling with a dusting of stubble, narrowed his emerald eyes. Knitting his dark, brooding brows together, he scanned the windswept horizon. His quizzical nature, making his incredible good looks even better. Sensing a penetrating gaze upon her narrow back, Colette slowly turned, her brown mane caught by a sudden gust, tousled her hair like the wings of an angel as it tumbled over her exposed shoulders. She fixed her hazel almond eyes on the carved god of a man who seemed to see into her very soul with his smouldering eyes. I am hoping, no, I am praying, daily praying, that you, dear heart, will fall in love with Brad and Colette as I have and that you are as eager as always to pre-order the book. So, I've now brought you to the first climax of the story, as Brad and Colette meet for the first time after the reading of Lord Goodhart's will at the haunting, brooded Ferndale Hall. And I am sure you are starting to get an inkling. So yes, I can confirm it to you, my faithful. Brad is based once more on my own beloved, my Benj. Brenna Lee's train was broken at this moment, as her lumbering husband, Benj, slammed into the room in muddy trainers and dripped mud on her new ivory fluffy rug. She clicked the small recorder off. Benj, can you take your trainers off, please? They are muddy, she asked sweetly. They're fine. I'll wipe them on the mat, he said without turning, slumped onto the sofa and reached for the remote control. If you wouldn't mind, Benj, they have grass on them. I can see it on the rug. Slightly less sweet this time. Why have we got these bloody mad fluffy rugs all of a sudden? Where are the old ones? The proper ones? He replied, still not meeting her gaze. In the garage, waiting for a tip run. A tip run? Who's doing a tip run? Those rugs aren't going to the tip. They are fine. There's nothing wrong with them. My mum has had them since the 80s, Benj said. Exactly. It was time for some new ones after 40 years. And they are not mad fluffy, they are actually deep pile plush faux rabbit fur. You got a bloody nerve doing that, Bren. Wait till mummy is, Benj cut across her. 
If your mother cared so much about them, said Brennerly, they'd be gracing her pebble dash terrace as we speak. But no, she is so devoted to them, she's palmed them off on you as soon as she could. And it's not Bren, it's Brennerly. I've told you that a thousand times, Benj. Brenda, I will call you Branaloo or whatever is written on the front of your bonk busters the day you stop calling me Benj. And what's pebble dashing got to do with anything? Benj is short for Benjamin. Your name? What are you talking about, Benj? She was sweet again. Ben. My name is Ben. Plain Ben. Ben Blue. It always has been. Until you rebranded me for your bonk buster girl fans, he said. Can you stop calling my books bonk busters? I write romantic fiction, as you well know, she said. I think you could be one of those inverted snobs, Bryn. That's ridiculous, Benj. I'm one of the most down-to-earth people I know, she replied. Yeah, that's why you're chucking rugs out and slating your mum's house, Benj said. Benj, I'm just in full flow. I'm deep in my characters and, yes, I confess, sometimes I do get emotional. But you know me. I'm just vulnerable. You have to be in this game and call me what you like, but my fans call me brave. They are in love with Brenna Lee Bloom. Bloom, my backside. Yeah, blooming marvellous Brenda Bloor. Benj threw the remote control onto the coffee table and shuffled out of the room. Brenna Lee clicked the small voice recorder on once more. And that's all I can give you, my dear hearts. I will be hard at my typewriter this week, continuing with Brad and Colette. As there's a misunderstanding at the winter ball and Colette wonders if her future lies with Nigel Topham instead of Brad. But first, I have to make myself beautiful, as my beloved Benj has just told me as he put a slim gold bracelet on my wrist that he's whisking me away for a teeny tiny break in our favourite love nest. She snapped off the recorder, reached for the remote control as she realised that Holmes Under the Hammer had started five minutes ago. Brennerly adjusted her peach-coloured satin robe and tucked her legs under her on the sofa and clicked on the voice recorder. Beaucoup de more, mon chéri. You'll never know how thankful I am to you, dear hearts, for your unswerving love and devotion to me. Good news, I have a teeny tiny reveal for you. My Benj brought me a dozen pink roses yesterday and they've been my inspiration as I've dug deep for the next chapter. So here we go. Brad toweled off his magnificent torso and took himself in, in the large gilt mirror. Sweeping back his long hair into a man bun, he slipped on a bright white t-shirt over his bulging muscles and swept from the room. Walking with purpose, he took the stairs two at a time and strode across the flagstones of the entrance of Ferndale Hall and flung open the door to the dining room. The small crowd, gathered for breakfast, stopped and took in the magnificent sight. Colette, her face a gorgeous rosy glow, matching her blush pink dress, tilted her chin in defiance at his molten gaze. Brennerloo was interrupted as Benj stamped down the stairs, sounded to her as if he were wearing hobnailed boots. She clicked off the tape recorder, wondering if she would ever get through a blog session without him lumbering in and crashing about or making a great mess. Benj avoided the sitting room and blundered into the kitchen where he began opening the bread bin and cupboards and banging down plates. After a few minutes of the clatter, Brenna Lee rose and entered the kitchen. What's all the racket, Benj? she asked. What racket? Me? I'm making a sandwich woman. There is no racket. 
Benjard laid two slices of white bread on the counter, buttered them and slung the buttery knife into the sink, slapped some ham between the slices and using another knife he cut the sandwich straight onto the worktop and using no plate started to eat, cascading crumbs around the kitchen. Can you please use a board, Benj? Stop carving onto the granite worktops. You know how much they cost, Brennerly tutted. Oh, for crying out loud, it's just a little ham sandwich. I'm starving. He spluttered out some crumbs onto the floor. Yes, I bloody remember how much these worktops cost. I don't know why we got rid of the old ones. The pine ones were fine. He bulged past her and left the room. Why not try some wholemeal, Benj? I was thinking of picking up some sourdough. Think of your heart, will you? Why don't I slice up a bit of salad for you to... She was interrupted as Benj lumbered in again, reached into a cupboard over her head and took down a jumbo bag of Doritos and left once more. Brenna Lee clicked on the voice recorder. That's all I can give you, dear hearts. I'll be deep in the next chapter for Brad and Colette, as Brad ponders if his future lies with taking the job as a wild ranger in Borneo. I'm going to have to love you and leave you, my faithful, as my Benj is just sweeping down the drive. He was up at the crack of dawn, out to Waitrose, as he told me I'm putting my feet up today as he whips up a storm for me. Have I ever told you he's Gordon Blair trained? Don't forget to subscribe to the newsletter and blog. Brenna Lee clicked on the voice recorder with a perfect baby blue nail. Buku de more, dear hearts. The labour of love goes on, and this week I have yet another morsel. Another amuse-bouche. Brad held Lady Caroline tightly as she sobbed into his magnificent shoulders, her ash-blonde waves gently bobbing in time with her heaving chest. Yes, she was beautiful, talented, the daughter of Lord Goodhart himself, heir to Ferndale Hall in all its gothic glory, and yet he knew his heart was calling him somewhere else. Lady Caroline eventually stopped the tears and looked up at Brad with the most perfect blue eyes and that sensuous rosebud mouth, and yet he only looked at her as a sister from now on. As Lady Caroline slowly left the billiard room, Brad walked to the window just as Colette rode by on a white horse, and from under her riding hat she threw him a look of thunder and turned the horse's canter into a gallop down the tree-covered drive towards the orchard. Benj flung the door open and belched. Brenna Lee clicked off the recorder. Benj, don't go filling yourself up. Julie and Roger will be over for supper, don't forget. Maybe you could have a shave. A shave? What for me sister coming over for a bit of tea? I won't bother, to be honest, Bren. I found your blue shirt, Benj. It will go with your chinos, I thought, and... She was interrupted. Eh? Oh, no, Bren, I won't bother. Me and Roger probably just put the snooker on and have the tea on our laps, so me trackies are do. At that point, Benj stuck his hand down the tracksuit bottoms for a prolonged scratch and then sloped off out of the room, passing wind. Brenna Lee clicked on the voice recorder once more. I'll love you and leave you until next time, dear hearts. I'll be hard at work on the next chapter as Lady Caroline sends shockwaves through the solstice hunt ball as she reveals her startling conversion to a brunette and as she inadvertently reveals Tarquin Topham's secret. I have to dash as my in-laws are pulling into the drive for a light supper. Ben just pulled out all the stops and laid out the best crystal. Did I mention he's a trained sommelier? I'm wearing my crushed velvet dress and my Benj has just slipped my silk shawl over my shoulders as we'll be on the terrace tonight. Brenna Lee was annoyed two hours later. 
if she was actually on the toilet when her in-laws, Julie and Rog, slammed unnecessarily loud on the knocker and Benj had already opened and distributed bottles of beer to the guests without glasses. As she came down the stairs, she saw the hallway was bare and sighed loudly, furious that Benj had forgotten to get Julie and Rog to take their shoes off and spare the new rugs. Entering the sitting room, she did a double take. Not at Benj, flashing his builder's cleavage in his filthy tracksuit bottoms, nor the greasy crisps dropped into the cereal bowls, but at the rug that the three of them were standing on. It was the old, red, moth-eaten rug from Benj's mother's house. Benj's sister Julie spun around. Hi, Brent. How are you? It's nice to see Mum's rugs stand round him, isn't it? They're so classy in the old days, weren't they? This old style. Thanks for the crisps. Can we get KFC before the snooker starts? Where you been, Brent, all dressed up like that? Ha! It ain't for us, is it? Hope not. I just thought me leggings would do. The rest of the evening was a bit of a blur for Brenna Lee. Making an excuse, she had pleaded a headache and gone up to bed and got on with the next instalment of Brad and Colette's star-crossed tale of lust and love. She arose early the following morning and threw open the windows to rid the house of the smell of KFC and beer. She settled onto her little sofa, clicked on the voice recorder as she tucked her legs underneath her and she looked at the balding red rug and clicked off the voice recorder. Benj bashed into the room, passed wind and put down a drippy mug of tea onto the coffee table without a coaster underneath. Brenna Lou stood up and picked up one of the beer bottles that had been discarded and she wrapped her perfect violet manicured nails tightly around it. She was a little flustered, and she didn't like to do her blog late, but that run to the tip really was overdue. There was no way she could have the red rug back, and so she settled back onto her peacock blue sofa with a sigh of satisfaction in her newly cleaned home, and nestled her pearly pink toenails into the replaced fluffy rug, and for the first time in a few weeks, felt her heart lifting. Clicking on her voice recorder, she frowned at her chipped nails but knew it's a small price to pay for restoring her equilibrium. Delicious felicitations, dear hearts. I have had such a busy week, but I would never let you down as you know. So, just for you, followers of my beloved blog, here's a sneak peek from Chapter 4. Life as Nigel Topham's fiance was not satisfying Colette. How could it? She was a gypsy soul, and though billionaire Nigel was putting things in place, her soul craved the smouldering gaze of Brad. But now he was far away in Borneo. Twisting her giant pink diamond engagement ring, Colette spied Lady Caroline, striding across the lawn in jodhpurs with a smug smile on her red lips. Clutching her pearls, Colette broke into the most unladylike run and beat Lady Caroline to the library. I am making such great progress, my beloved readers. I've been so rushed off my feet since my binge has gone. And yet, I'm strangely energised. Yes, for those who have been worried about me being alone, I am so thankful for all your love and good wishes that you've been sending me. As you know, I tearfully waved Benj off to Colorado, where he'll be spending the logging season lumberjacking. 
Don't worry, I've packed him hundreds of checked shirts that fit so snugly over his biceps. As you know, my very own Man Mountain, my personal hunk, is the inspiration for Brad, and both of those brooding bulls of men are so intertwined. I will keep you all updated with Benji's progress stateside. I love you and leave you, dear hearts. Clicking off her voice recorder, Brenna Lee Bloom spent the rest of the day having delightful runs to the charity shop and lighting happy bonfires in the garden. She wasn't too worried about any questions from Benji's mum or Julian Rog. After all, she did have a very vivid imagination, so she could weave a tale or two and probably think of something. Maybe he could have gone on a terrible stag-do to Prague and fallen drunk into the Danube, trouserless, after a deal gone horribly wrong in the red-light district. They'd believe that. It did sound very Benj. She put her toes down into the fluffy, faux-rabbit fur rugs and smiled sweetly to herself. It was lovely to be rid of the old rugs from Benji's mum's house, as well as the tracksuit bottoms and the bloodied beer bottle and all the other things that were tightly wrapped inside that red rug at the landfill site. With a tiny tear in her eye, Brenna Lee Bloom sat down at her keyboard. Chapter 8 It was time for a twist. Colette was high on her white stallion at the Whitson Polo Tournament, squinting her lovely hazel eyes against the sun, when a maid tearfully risked life and limb mid-match and tore across the pitch and handed a note up to her, which she read between mallet swings. Brad had been mauled to death by a clouded leopard in Borneo. Bloom was written and narrated by Emma Sheehan. I hope you enjoyed the show and I hope you'll join me again on the first Monday of each month or at ordinarypeoplestheatre.brasprout.com. Thanks for listening.